Uh, welcome, everybody. This is John Ryder with the Community Engagement Team at Louisville Parks and Recreation. It's been a while since we've talked to you last. Um, we usually were doing these uh, recordings on SoundCloud, but we've moved to a virtual format because um, we're all in this COVID situation. We're working remotely. Uh, we're trying to do our best, but we want to try and connect with you guys and make sure we let you know what's going on. So today uh, we have Aaron Henry, who you have probably noticed has been producing most of the broadcast. He's here and hosting. Hi, Aaron. Um, and then Sarah Flarshan Tyler. Um, I put the hyphen behind her name because she recently got married. And congratulations to you, Sarah. Um, so Sarah is our volunteer coordinator at Little Parks and Recreation, and she has been working to navigate and keep people engaged and involved in the park system uh, during the pandemic and even before that. So we've got some pretty exciting things to talk about today. So I'll go right into it with you, Sarah. So can you talk a little bit about there's an initiative right now where you're trying to attract 100 individual volunteers in 100 days? Uh, what are some things that people could do if they want to be an individual volunteer and they're a little afraid of going into big groups because of COVID? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so this is a really cool initiative. Um, this year, we couldn't do our uh, mayor's week of service because of COVID-19. Normally, that's an event that's part of all of the Derby celebrations that lead up to the Kentucky Derby. And it is a 10-day period where organizations across the city do really great service projects to connect new volunteers and new organizations with what they're doing in the community. Um, so it's part awareness, part activism, and it's a really cool week. And I know a lot of organizations um, and divisions within Metro government have been really saddened that we couldn't we couldn't have this big celebration of community this year. Um, and so instead, we're going to do um, 100 days, uh, 100 good deeds, 100 pieces of service um, leading up to the end of the year as an alternative. Um, and so our goal is 100 new individual volunteers, um, which is a big number. And especially since we're limiting our uh, group size and our in-person activities to be extra safe, um, it can seem a little scary from the outside, but we have tons of ways that you can volunteer uh, by yourself, with your family, uh, inside your COVID bubble, um, doing things like hopping in a park right now. Um, it's fall, so our trees are dropping sticks left and right, and those are tripping hazards. They're in the way. Um, and so just spending 15 minutes to help clean those up is fantastic. To be one of our 100 volunteers, though, you have to let us know. Um, we have 120 parks, so you can definitely clean up without anyone ever knowing about it. <laughs> um, so you just have to um, give us a call or send us an email and say, hey, I cleaned up my park. I want to be a part of the 100 volunteers. Um, our email address is lmprvolunteer at louisvilleky.gov. Um, and the phone number is 502 574-6403. Um, so give me a call or shoot me an email if you want to learn more or just tell me that you did something. <laughs> That's fabulous. Well, thank you so much for that. Um, and again, bestparksever.com. People can go to our website and get more information there as well, right? Mm -hmm, absolutely. Um, one thing that I also have noticed that you've been working on, and we've, we've sort of talked about it a lot, is the need for people to go out and do sort of citizen assessments of our parks. Um, again, we're focusing mostly on the smaller neighborhood parks in a way. Uh, sometimes those don't get as much attention. Um, and, and why are those important and why do people, why do we need people's help to undergo those assessments? Well, um, so when you're at your own house and you're in your own house every day, 
you tend to not notice things. But then someone new comes in your house and they go, oh my gosh, like, look, at that's, oh gosh. Um, and park assessments kind of give um, our park users and community members opportunities to be that fresh set of eyes in our parks. Um, we have really dedicated staff that are in our parks every single day. But because they're in our parks every single day, sometimes they don't notice things that park users notice right off the bat. Um, and park assessments are a quick and easy way that anyone in the community can go into their park and basically give it uh, a report card. Um, it takes you through our different park features like athletic fields, shelters, um, our different amenities, and has you rank them on a scale of one to five. And we've got it laid out so that we've got sort of suggestions of like what to score things. So you're not just out on your own, what's a five? I don't know, what's a one, who knows? Uh, we've got it really like lined out for you. There's a printable version you can take with you or you can do it online. Um, you can submit photos of problems. Um, and these reports and report cards for our parks um, are directly influencing what our operations team tackles and what our volunteer team tackles. So if you go into your neighborhood park and you notice, ooh, the swing set's looking a little, a little grungy, it could really use some new paint, let us know, do a park assessment, it doesn't take but a few minutes, um, and we'll put your park on the list to get repainted, which it might not have been. Mm -hmm. um, we have sort of a timeline for a lot of our maintenance things. So if it hasn't been the three years yet, we might not even be looking at your playground specifically for painting in mind. Yeah. Um, so I have an 11 year old daughter. There's no reason for people to be intimidated by this process. As you mentioned before, it's very simple, right? Mm -hmm. It is. Um, it's exactly like grading anything. Um, we've got a rubric to follow. Um, and, and if you do have any questions while uh, completing a park assessment, definitely let the volunteer office know. Um, we can help walk you through the process, either the, the printed version or the online version. Um, the goal with this whole process uh, is to be really accessible for anyone who wants to help identify problems in their park um, and make their park better. Because really, at the end of the day, these are shared community spaces. Um, and if you, as a community member, don't want to use your park because of X, Y, or Z, we want to know about it. Um, and the mm -hmm. only way we're going to know is if you tell us. That's great. Thank you. I mean, that again, it's, it's, it's a great way for people to get involved. Um, the process is very simple. It's online at bestparksever.com. Um, so let us know. Uh, we need your help. Um, the next thing I wanted to, to ask you about, I know there's one exciting initiative you've been working on. Um, it's you, you've uh, reached out and created a group of community gardeners. I don't know if that's the proper term, so I'll let you correct me. <laughs> Can you talk a little bit about that as well? Yeah, um, we, we've titled ourselves the Community Growers um, in a very democratic voting process. Um, so the Community Growers, it's a, a team of volunteers um, that were started by a few scrappy individuals who were looking at the Portland Community Center specifically. Mm -hmm. um, and we're just sick and tired of the fact that the grass goes up to the wall of the Community mm -hmm. Center. There's, mm -hmm. there's very little wild nature there's there's not a whole lot growing except yeah. grass um, and so these volunteers really became champions for that community center um, and wanting to to grow something great to um, get kids familiar with different plants um, yes. to help our our echo team our engaging children outdoors team have something natural to teach from while they're yes. at the community center yes. um, so this 
awesome team of volunteers is starting from grass on the ground at Portland um, and some established, semi-established garden beds at the Douglas Community Center this year and focusing on creating these really interactive garden spaces where kids and kids at heart um, can, can interact with nature in a different way. So be it walking through a sensory garden and getting to experience the different sights, smells, tastes, and sounds that plants can make, or learning how different things grow, tomatoes, mm -hmm. lettuce, carrots. Um, and then we hope to be able to teach classes about how can you store those fruits and vegetables at the end of the season? Um, mm -hmm. How can you plant a garden if you don't have a yard, if you're living in an apartment? Um, mm -hmm. Just as a way to engage folks in gardening, um, it's become very popular, especially since COVID hit. Um, folks are really thinking about where their food comes from in a different way. Um, and we just really want to be a part of um, the education in the community that, that comes from gardening. Um, who doesn't like to get their hands dirty and, and grow something? I agree. I, I totally do. Um, uh, you know, I, I've been told that I have not a green thumb, but a, <laughs> a brown thumb or whatever it is that kills plants. Successful, so I might have to take some lessons from these folks, too. Um, <laughs> you mentioned COVID a, a little while ago. What have been some challenges that you had? To face as far as that goes during this whole pandemic with with volunteers i know people are itching again like you said for things to do um mm -hmm. what are some challenges of, of covid in planning these volunteer projects and then how are you overcoming those things and getting people involved aside from these initiatives i guess mm -hmm. um well safety is definitely my my number one concern um we have volunteers of all ages um and and from all walks of life and we definitely don't want anyone to feel unsafe volunteering. Mm -hmm. um, so we have health checks in place to make sure everyone coming um, is feeling good and has not been in contact with anyone who may have had COVID. Um, we're limiting groups to 10 people or less, and we're only doing projects outside where we can social distance. So even when we were doing projects and it was warm enough to paint, we were not painting like playgrounds or restrooms because mm -hmm. we couldn't spread out enough. Um, which is why we're really focused on gardening this year. Um, it's just a great opportunity to grow something together, focus on something that we really haven't focused on in the past, um, and also be cognizant of our social distancing um, and, and making sure everyone's really safe while we volunteer together but apart. Um, right. <laughs> together yet apart. Um, so if, if anybody's interested in these or any other volunteer projects that you're putting forth, um, they just need to contact you out. Um, go to festbarksever.com. Right there on the front page, there's a link to our volunteer page if you're uh, a web browser person. Um, you can also shoot us an email. Um, the email address, I think, on YouTube, hopefully, will be tagged below. Um, mm -hmm. If you're listening to this uh, audibly, the email address is lmprvolunteer at louisvilleky.gov. Um, and the office's phone number is 502-574-6403. You can also call um, our main park office, which is 574 Park, um, and just let them know you want to volunteer and they'll connect you um, to us. Um, and we even have some other great ways to volunteer I haven't talked about today. We've got two historic homes that mm -hmm. right now are doing some really cool socially distant volunteer activities um, outside and virtually. 
Mm-hmm. And we also have our natural areas division out at Jefferson Memorial Forest. Um, they've been working on some socially distant tree plantings, um, doing lots of mulching projects outside just to keep our natural areas looking good and, and healthy. Um, and so we definitely need all the volunteers we can get. That's wonderful. And you know that the, uh, the, the need for volunteers doesn't change just because there's a pandemic and because the weather's turning. Um, things yep. are getting colder. Yep. You're still doing volunteer projects during the winter, correct? Yes. Um, don't let cold weather scare you. We will work up a sweat no matter what time of the year it is. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, thanks, thanks, Sarah. Thanks, uh, Sarah Flash and Tyler. Um, thank you for tuning to Park It Here. We'll be right back with a question of the week. Thanks. We are back again. Uh, right now, we're with Nathan Maywald, who is the Parks Administrator for Little Parks and Recreation over cemeteries, ball fields, and golf courses. Correct, Nathan? Yes, Yes, sir. Nathan, how long, have you been, how long have you been with us? Uh, it's just over a year now I've, I've been with Louisville. And tell me a little bit about your background, where you came from. So I, I'm a, a my, my history is more in, in the park service. I was a, a park ranger for 17 years in South Carolina. And um, so that that's where most of my experience in, in parks comes from. I wasn't much into municipal recreation until this position. So it's a, it's it's very different, but there's, there is a lot of similarities um but running a running a state park on your own one location to just focus on is a lot different than having to worry about 10 golf courses or you know 120 parks so there's a it's it's a there's a lot to handle here in this position so last month we had on margaret brosco who's the assistant director over revenue um and she talked a lot about golf you guys had a very busy year last year um can you talk a little bit about what you're doing now as we're here in the middle of december to get ready for 2021 um, so the winter, so now that we're getting into the winter season uh, of golf, we have to prepare the course uh, to, for the for the next season. And basically, what we want to do this time of year is, is there's a there's a term that a golf course uses, kind of like putting the the golf course to bed. So there's certain uh, things that we need to do to prepare for that. And some of the things there's there's a few really important things. And the first one will be like our our final aerification uh, that we did for the course. Uh, it's really important because it Airification, you know, helps reduce compaction, uh, helps uh, circulate gases uh, through the through the uh, turf there, and it uh, helps with drainage um, and uh, helps break up thatch. So after after airification, the next thing you're going to want to do is is our final chemical application. So we'll we'll do our final chemical application of the course, and it just helps uh, give the course nutrients and feed it throughout the winter. Uh, then next, we're going to blow out our irrigation lines, and uh, that's really important because, you know, you don't want the pipes to freeze and break. Uh, so you'll take the main line, you put this giant com- air compressor, hook it up to it, blow all the air lines out, open up the sprinkler heads, make sure you get all the water out of the lines. And once we do that, now we're focused on uh, preparing all of our equipment for the next season. And that's, um, you know, preventative maintenance, repairs, major repairs, minor repairs. And uh, so making sure that we're ready to go when the next season hits for, you know, grass cutting and, and preparing the course for, uh, you know, more activity. Uh, and we're also really focused on this winter is our projects. So we have uh, winter project lists, all 10 courses. Uh, we all sat down and we came up with all these projects that we're going to be doing throughout our courses. And out of the, the 10 courses, we have about 55 projects combined that we're working on. Wow, and uh, so they'll yeah they'll be they'll be real busy working on those, and we're this year we're really focusing on on monitoring those and 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 kind of like initiatives or dashboards that we're doing to track our progress as we go along. 
Can you give an example of one? I'll, I'll put you on the spot and just ask you for one example. Uh, can you give an example of one of those projects of one of the courses that you, you're mentioning that you're doing over the winter? Sure. Well, they're, they're, yeah, just, uh, just to quickly, I mean, some of the things we're doing is raising the crowns on trees. Um, we, we will be uh, resodding some of the tea boxes uh, around the courses, and that's multiple courses that, um, that will be doing that. Uh, clearing and removing um, some vegetated, like native vegetated areas around the course. Um, trying to think of something really cool, uh, but I mean, there's, there's just so many of them. What do you what like the is it is it easy for you to tell like again we're in the middle of December now um, the the weather conditions that are that are going on right now is it easy is it hard do you for you to tell or do you have any kind of idea at this point what kind of shape the courses might be in come spring? No, I mean we I mean I know I, <laughs> I, I I personally cannot answer that question and being being a I'm, I come from. Uh, as a, my experience mostly comes from being a golfer. So uh -huh. I never really looked at the courses the way that, uh, you know, the way that a superintendent might look at a golf course. So I, um, I hope you edit all of this part out because really, honestly, I mean, the main thing you want to do is, is if you've done all those things that I talked about preparing uh -huh. your course, like, you know, with the airification and the chemical application and um, and just prepare and, and the course goes dormant. So that's really helpful too is when, yeah. when and and you don't wanna you don't want to do anything to wake that to wake the grass up or like start cutting too early or cutting right. you know cutting cutting during the winter. Just let it just let it sleep and uh, let it do its thing until the, the spring comes back around and you start back with your normal processes. Um so you mentioned that I, I know for a fact one of the things that you did say when you came aboard is something that you mentioned that you wanted to play um uh, you wanted to play all of our courses frequently just so you had an idea of what it would be like uh, as as the golfing as, as a golfer experience um what's your handicap one and uh two what's what do you have a favorite course out of the 10. so you're not supposed to ask a golfer what the handicap is but i'll tell you it's it's, it's around a, it's around a 10. Uh, uh, that's much lower than mine so don't feel bad <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, I, I I love the game. I think it's one of the greatest games ever invented, um, and uh, it's it's fantastic. I really enjoy it. And I and if, if there's one thing I could change, uh, I would make it mandatory that everybody has to play golf on Fridays. We take the day off, and we all play golf on Friday. Well, I'm gonna um, go ahead and show. I'm gonna go ahead and show this to management then after we're done. We'll see what they say about please, it. Please do. <laughs> you know, favorite course I there's. There's, there, I, I'd say there's, there's different aspects of all the courses that I like. Like you got uh, a nine holer like Bobby. Holes. Uh, it's a really neat layout, and and the greens are always in really good condition. Um, Seneca is 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 kind of like you know it's 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 the main course I guess you could say because it's always just the busiest. Mm -hmm. uh, it's the main focal point because it's right in the center of everything. It's easy to get to. Uh, just. Um, but there's um, I played I played in the in the men's metro last year in, in long run. I really enjoyed playing playing long run. The back nine will really get you if you're if you're not prepared for it. All right, Nathan. Well, thanks for joining us. I appreciate it. Uh, keep up the good work, and we'll see you this winter uh, working hard. And then when uh, things get back normal once again in the spring. Thanks, Nathan. Thank you, John. Appreciate it. No problem.